0: to the Childhood Rising podcast. This space and this business have been intentionally designed to bring together an empowered collective of parents, educators, carers, and other folk who are all journeying alongside children. Through this podcast and our support services, we aim to raise the well-being of the whole child, as well as the adults who walk alongside them. We talk about trauma informed caregiving, play, and the importance of attachment, while also not being afraid to cover the difficult but deeply reflective conversational topics, too. If you, too, believe in the inherent wholeness, competence, and contribution children have to offer this world, then you're in the right place. Hello, welcome to Childhood Rising the Podcast. It is, it is an especially excited welcome to you today. It has been literally months since I last published um, any episodes here on the podcast. So there was a bunch of stuff happening here behind the scenes as I opened my play therapy practice in South Fremantle here in Western Australia. And as you can probably imagine, there was a ton of admin and prep that went into that. But since opening that practice, my focus really has been on just serving the children and the families that I'm working with. And I have really felt I've needed to just find my flow there before committing any more time to creating podcast episodes or any of those sort of like extra sort of things. But I am back. And if you don't already follow me on Instagram, I really encourage you to do so. You can find me at childhood.rising. I'm sending a big thank you to those of you following me there who sent through some of your podcast uh, topic suggestions. The majority of the suggestions I received seem to be centered around a couple of things. So one was your role as an adult in play and the difficulties you were having in playing with your children. And the other commonly suggested topic was around sibling relationships, um, but in particular how to support sibling relationships and conflicts through play. So the next few episodes are really going to be centered around play which I, of course, love talking about, but in particular, therapeutic play and attachment play. Um, So yes, I am very excited to be sharing more with you on that. And I wanted to start this next season of the podcast with a bit more of a personal share. I'm going to talk about play, but I'm going to share, unpack, Reflect and be a completely open book about how I have used attachment play just this week gone to support my daughter uh, face a stressful and potentially traumatic medical event. Um, She is age six, and this week she needed to go under general anaesthetic to have a dental procedure done. So, while what I am sharing is going to be about how attachment play was used for her in this specific experience. It is underpinned by the knowledge that attachment play, including some of the styles of attachment play I'm going to share with you today, can be used to support children to prepare for a vast range of difficult situations and life events. As parents, we innately want to be able to ensure our children don't experience anything stressful or traumatic in their life, right? But more often than not, all children will experience some sort of stressful experience in their childhood. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about significant trauma here like abuse or neglect, but more so about those common childhood experiences like starting school or moving house, the birth of a new sibling, or such as the instance of my daughter this week, a medical procedure. So before I get into the specifics of the play that I used, I also wanted to share that it is really beneficial to give children as much accurate information and reassurance as possible in the lead up to a difficult event. So while also doing that, while delivering the information in a timeframe that isn't going to create prolonged distress. So my daughter, um, she had been to the specialist dentist months before the, the date of the procedure. So she knew and had some understanding that that the procedure was going to happen um, at some point in the future, but I waited until just a few days, four days to be exact, prior to the procedure to explain to her when it was going to happen um, and what would be happening on the day. Now, the reason that I did this is because I didn't want to give her too much time notice that then allows for her to essentially build more anxiety In the lead up around the events, it felt like just the right amount of time, just enough time for her to be informed. Um, But I also planned uh, this around um, days that I knew I would have more capacity and resources to be able to spend time talking with her about it, um, answering any questions she might be having, but also prioritizing time for play to support her prior to the procedure as well. So let's get into that. I started by introducing some symbolic play. So symbolic play is one of the nine types of attachment play, and it is essentially where the parent or the adult uh, takes a initially directive role in determining the narrative, the scene, or the theme of the play which you are inviting your child into. So you could be pretending to be the characters yourselves in the play, like acting it out, you know, like pretend play, or you could be using toys like teddy bears figurines, or in my case we use Barbie dolls because my daughter loves Barbie dolls, um, to sort of act out the scene that you're wanting to invite the child into. And that scene is usually symbolic of the difficult event that is coming up, yeah, in order to prepare them for that. So I asked my daughter if she would like to play with me. I explained to her that one Barbie was the dentist and the other two were the mother and the girl, and she helped to give everyone names and chose to be the role of the mother in the play. And I then explained that the mum and the girl were going to the hospital to see the dentist today. And I started to sort of enact out the scene using the dolls. And this sort of allowed me to to explain the process of what was going to happen on the day of her procedure using play. Not making any direct reference to this is what's going to happen to you, but just explaining it in the play. It's great to give our kids information to prepare them for difficult events so they feel really informed. But it's perhaps even more great to give them that information through play where they are engaged and have a more embodied experience of what that process might look or feel like for them. So we enacted out the steps of what was going to happen on the day of her procedure. And at its conclusion, I gave the lead back over to my daughter, the lead of the play back over to my daughter, allowing her to continue the play um, with this predetermined scene, theme and characters in whatever way that she then needed to and what I found interesting in observing this was that the themes related that themes related to separation were coming up for her. Um, so I had explained to my daughter that when she is put to sleep, that I will be with her then, and once she is asleep, I leave the room, um, the procedure is completed and then I am at her side again when she starts to wake up. So even though she was going to have no conscious memory of me not being at her side, she was still very much feeling some insecurity and worry about me not being there. For her with uh, with her during that entire procedure um, so based on that I decided to introduce some separation games as well as continue the symbolic play the next day so the following day we had the special playtime again and we started with the symbolic play as we did the day before and enacted out that same scene on this day the hospital had called me earlier in the day so I had a bit more information from the staff there about what was going to happen so I was able to inject Um, that information into the narrative of the play a little bit more, but she was also taking a bit more of a directive role in the play on this day too. Um, I also suggested a separation game with her on this day. Now, if you are on my email list, you would have received a free PDF resource from me earlier this week with a separation game idea I often play with my kids. Um, if you didn't receive it and would like it, I'll leave a link in the show notes of this episode for you to download it too. But essentially, the separation game I used with my daughter was an adaptation of this game and, th- and that resource. So, in the separation game, I pretended to be a baby and she was the mother laying next to me until I, the baby, pretended to fall asleep. Then she, the mother, slowly crept away from my side and out of the room. I'm sure lots of mothers and parents listening can relate to having done that with their babies or young children in real life. Um, But then the baby woke and realized that the mother wasn't there and started to kick and cry really loudly, of course, in a way that was silly and playful and exaggerated. And then the mother ran back to the baby, cuddling and comforting the baby. And then that process sort of repeated itself. The baby fell asleep again. The mother snuck away. The baby cried really loudly. The mother came back and comforted her. So yeah, lots of exaggeration was used. It was really silly. When I was the baby, I was really loud. I cried and I wailed just like a baby might. And I exaggerated the nurturing of the mother when we had switched roles as well. So there was so, so much laughter when we were playing this this game. She had those belly giggles, you know, the ones that feel really infectious and make you want to laugh as well. Um, And in in attachment play, laughter is a really great indicator that you are on the right track. That laughter is a release of feelings associated with the themes um, that are being played out. So in this instance, feelings associated with separation or perhaps fear of being alone or whatever it might have been for her. So again, the next day we played again, starting with the same symbolic play scene. And this this time I noticed lots more nurturing in her play, Um, nurturing of the mother uh, Barbie towards the child. So perhaps, you know, that might have been reflective of her need for nurturing and care during this time, right? Both in the lead up to the event, but also sort of communicating, this is what I'm needing for you when this is happening for me. Um, I also suggested on this day that we play the same separation game, but she had no interest in it. Um, I suggested another couple of separation games, but yeah, she had zero interest in playing any of those, which is totally fine. That is her just telling me that's, that's not what I'm needing right now. I'm not, wasn't on the right track. It's totally fine, but we did play mums and babies for a little bit instead. So again, lots more of that nurturing sort of themes and needs coming up there. So the next day was the day of the procedure and I was actually expecting the morning to be a bit rough, if I'm honest. Um, She was having to fast uh, that day um, alongside, of course, the very normal and expected feelings of anxiety around what was going to be happening that morning. So yes, I was expecting that there would be some big feelings coming up for her that morning, but I was proved wrong. (laughs) She actually did amazing and the the morning went really smoothly. Um, She willingly got ready. She was verbally expressing to me that she was feeling nervous and and scared but she was also saying that she was feeling excited as well which I was not expecting but was a pleasant surprise. Um, Yeah so she was calm during the drive to the hospital. Um, She did become teary once we had sort of gone in and the nurse was talking to us Um, so yeah, in that moment, I'm just accepting the tears. I'm stating to her, it's okay to cry if you need to. And me stating that was quite intentional. Of course I wanted to convey that acceptance towards her, but I wanted to convey that to the medical staff who were present when I was saying that also. Um, I get the feeling or the impression that they do use destruction a lot with kids, which I totally understand, right? They have a job to do and that job is much harder to do if children are upset or protesting, but yeah, I felt it was important to me to make a bit of a personal stand that her feelings are welcome here. Um, I guess there's a balance here between like accepting the tears when they're already present anyway, and then when they're not, using play and laughter to focus her attention on that rather than focusing her attention on the pain or discomfort, so that her memories about the event and what happened that day aren't solely around the pain um, or discomfort, right? For the most part though the staff were genuinely amazing um, the just told stories and they tried to use play and were pretty engaging with her so yeah no complaints necessarily on that front so anyway she had a couple of moments of sharing some feelings with me and had some tears before the procedure but yeah otherwise it went pretty smoothly she was very upset when she first woke up um, you know, I can reflect on my own personal experience and recall that sort of daisiness and confusion that you feel when you first wake up after adrenal anesthetics. So I can imagine how confusing and overwhelming that may have been for her. And that was the part that I definitely found the hardest, you know, seeing her so upset on waking, but yeah, I just allowed her to cry and have those feelings while I held her and she did, did calm in her own time. So at the moment, I'm recording this the day after the procedure, and she's been talking heaps about what happened yesterday, um, you know, in the afternoon when we got home, telling her brother all about it, telling, talking to me all about it, asking questions. Um, and this morning, we played the same symbolic play scene, and we'll continue to do that for a few more days, and whenever it comes up, really, just to give her more space for processing and expressing her feelings around what happened. So I guess that begs the question, do I think that the play helped? Ultimately, there isn't like a dual reality, right? I can't compare the experience of not having used attachment play for this alongside having had used it, but I do genuinely think that it helped. Um, for a little bit of context, my daughter is highly sensitive and new people is a particular source of anxiety for her at times. So given this, this and you know what I know about her, I think she's done amazing and I'm so proud of her. She was so calm in the lead up to the event. And I do think that the attachment play we had been doing had a lot to do with this. Of course, she still had some feelings about the procedure on the day. Um, you know, even in the lead up, she was still very much having feelings around that. Um, but I think it's also important to remember that the tears that she was having on the day or, you know, any other day uh, are a stress and emotion release in themselves, right? So they, those tears are equally as important in reducing the stress and trauma associated with this event as the players so it'll be interesting to see how it continues to come up for her in the future and i'm hoping that she tells it as a story of bravery and that she sees that she was able to overcome and be able she was able to do something that was really hard even though it felt scary so thank you for listening to my personal story on how i have used attachment play this week to prepare my daughter for a difficult event. I hope there has been some reflection here for you to take away and put into action with your own children. If you would like to access that separation game PDF that I mentioned earlier, I will leave the link to that in the show notes of this episode. Otherwise, I would love for you to share your feedback with me. Reviews are so appreciated on whatever podcast platform you are listening from, as are messages on social media or through email. I would love to open a conversation with you about attachment play and how you might be using it to support your child to prepare for a difficult event also. But otherwise, I will talk to you again soon.